0: The Basement Astrologers coming to you live from the City of Destiny, Tacoma, Washington, and for Bridgewater, Massachusetts. With me today is astrologer and newly minted MIT student, Dion Mitchell. Say hi to everyone, Dion. Hello. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited to have Dion on. We were working to find a slot uh for them, and uh, and it turns out that Dion's going to be speaking at the Queer Astrology Conference, and one of the organizers. Um, kind of nudged me <laughs> to get uh, our conversation out sooner. Actually, uh, it was Demetrius uh, Bagley who's been on the pod. and I said he just brought up, hey, um, try to find someone please to get on. And I was like, well, i'm I'm attempting to do that right now. i'll just uh, I'll do my best. And luckily, um Dion was able to make time for us. Thank you so much. Um, and so uh, before we launch in to some topics that I really wanted to get to uh, with them, Let's get to know Dion. Um, Dion, um, where do you come from? Who are you? How did you get into as a newly minted MIT student? All of this fun woo stuff.
1: Yeah. So um, I consider myself mostly from Massachusetts, even though I was born in Hoboken, New Jersey. Um, I Spent the last 10 years in northern Indiana, actually. So that's where I graduated high school. I moved back home to uh, get settled, prepare for moving into MIT. Um, and I guess. I really wish I had a cool origin story like a lot of other astrologers, where they'd be like, oh, my grandmother was an astrologer, or I found an old chest in the attic that had charts in it. But for me, it was basically the same way that everyone else in Gen Z gets introduced to astrology, which is apps like CoStar. And like, before you guys jump on me about how awful <laughs> CoStar is, because I'm fully aware, um, it was a, I guess, a great way to dip my toes into astrology because of course everyone knows their sun signs um i was actually born on my dad's solar return so we're both um two degrees scorpios and he would really um i guess align himself with the scorpio archetype and so i could see that too it was a way that i could feel like really close to my dad so i was familiar with that but I didn't really know it was bigger, so I didn't pay any attention until CoStar, where there's like, oh no, there's actually other stuff going on in the sky. But I was like, this seems very insufficient. Like, hearing about how very few people actually use their house system, Porphyry, um, and then seeing that it's a chart, but I'm like, the sky, I feel like there's more going on up there. And from there, I started to do my own self guided research, which Twitter really um catalyzed i think being able to have discussions with real practicing astrologers just made me want to absorb everything i could until i couldn't stop <laughs> so uh
0: so diana you're talking about how you're you don't have a cool uh astrological formation story um but th- this is legitimately uh you getting bit by spider you're, you're the second zoomer i've had on what you're 18 are you 18 years yes. old? yes and you're, you're gonna speak at the queer astrology conference before you enter mit's campus this this, <laughs> this this is you're you're peter parker and you're headed back home and you're realizing that the world sounds too big
1: <laughs> that is actually a very apt way of putting that i think um because i am very like relatively new to this space it is Shocking to me to see how much I've really like exploded with my um I guess Influence and knowledge and I guess competence also like I feel like I'm a lot more competent than I was even three months ago So that is exciting. It's the Peter Parker analogy. I'm a fan of that
0: <laughs> Well, who doesn't like spider-man uh, yeah. the new British one so adorable, too um, <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I want to bring up how you fit into the spectrum before we launch into uh, what I really think was your christening, which was this amazing article you came out with during uh, the George Floyd protests, uh, really in response to the rioting. And, and what you were saying was, um, you know, white astrologers uh, take a step back and a deep breath before you use astrology to as your filter for this, um, which I think was important to hear. Um, I think that a little pushback can be provided, um, to say, well, this is how I look at everything. <laughs> so if something right. takes place, I'm going to look at it through astrology. Um, but, but before we discuss that, and I really uh, can't wait, um, you, you're really coming into this, uh, this amazing time. Um, Norwek was online and did you attend Norwac? Did I see you? I did. Yeah. Yep. And, and, uh, and I, I believe you were in some of our uh, chats on the app too, were you not?
1: On uh, House Party? Yeah. Uh, I was
0: around. Yeah, yeah I think um, so. I mean, the, the number of people who are incredibly seasoned that you, I mean, that's what Norwalk is. Like you're strolling onto a group of people who've been doing astrology for 30 years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But at that conference was the first time that uh, we really got a dose, uh, a heavy dose of intersectionality and of a true... Um, integration of what um, some of our more seasoned millennial astrologers were bringing to the table. Um, two of my favorite people in the world, Bear River, and especially Diana Rose Harper, um, who everyone who listened to this pod knows my my affection for Diana. Um, they, they, they primed the pump with these amazing talks that really blew up. And then almost seamlessly this article you wrote which was amazingly well put together and I'd already noticed that you'd been fully accepted by Astro Twitter just because well i mean you you got into MIT you know how to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh it really it 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 exploded i i i saw only praise and it was valuable for me and everyone so i i just wanted to set the stage for folks to understand uh why i wanted Dion on and and why i was excited to discuss this topic and also how i think um it fits into the spectrum. Now, this is going to get astro too. We're going to talk uh, astro-, astro, philosophy. and everyone who's listened to every one of my pods knows that this is my thing. She brought it up, or sorry, they brought it up. They brought it up. They so it's not it's not me forcing it on them. Um, just just letting you know. Okay, so I've uh, I I have vented. Um, please, can we um, discuss where the impetus to come up with this? Uh, article came from and I really want you to break down for people who didn't get a chance to read it what you were trying to express
1: yeah sure so um, basically I remember um, this was like right after I built my little rudimentary free GoDaddy website and um, I was like maybe I should blog something and that's not of course why I wrote the article and not just to have a blog post but I knew that like Twitter is so limited for what I can say. There's no way I'm going to write a 50 tweet thread, but I still have something really important to express because I would see like up and down that there are a lot of uh, predominantly white astrologers almost entirely using mundane astrology to um, kind of filter their... um, perspective watching the news, seeing people burn and loot buildings, seeing a lot of, like, an explosion of Black rage and Black pain. And for a lot of white astrologers, especially, like, millennials, Gen X, who are somewhat removed from uh, the, I guess, perspectives of Black radicals, or just Black people in general, if you're, um, like, middle class white, you are Going to be separated from black people. I know I've lived in those neighborhoods. So, like trying to understand how those people are feeling, why they're reacting in that way, I think it was so natural for people to just default to astrology. And I thought that a lot of the ways that I saw it being used was just straight up irresponsible. Uh, for example, I okay. mentioned three things in my article. Um, I think it was the ingress of Mercury into cancer. Um, Venus retrograde in Gemini and America's Pluto return. And the Pluto return is significant. I will 100% agree that that has a lot to do with um, race in America. I think Sam Reynolds has an awesome talk about that. But Mercury's ingress into Cancer, which happens literally like once a year all the time, and Venus retrograde in Gemini, which happens every eight years, I feel like those transits are. A little bit too small-scale to determine one of the largest uprisings in our last century like Americans do not riot very often Um, like and when you when Americans do you hear about it for decades afterwards Um, so to attribute that to Venus and Mercury I felt like was completely missing the point I felt like white astrologers didn't understand that this was the same as when Patriots fans riot. Um, (laughs) Black people do not riot for the same reasons that white people do because there is so much more at stake. Uh, Black people causing that much destruction without the structural privilege and power that whiteness provides is a recipe to get hundreds of people locked up when white people riot over sports teams or whatever they choose those masses of people are not being incarcerated. So there's a bigger risk that I feel like white astrologers didn't understand the gravity of the situation. So their mundane astrology takes weren't really taking into account that history, that risk, and how much that explosion meant to black people. Um, So I did try to urge white astrologers in particular, because I didn't want to say don't, do your job and don't look at mundane astrology because you can never tell an astrologer to not look at the astrology of a situation because that's, that doesn't accomplish anything. But I felt like it was really important to understand the context of the situation without astrology before you try to make connections or else it really comes across as you not really understanding the situation, but trying to piece it together using astrology, which I think, um, really like you're not getting the full picture when you're only using astrology, especially when you're removed from actual black people who are angry and hurt and frustrated.
0: It also, it sounds a little bit like the impression could have been given uh, from some of the things you consumed that people were explaining away uh, the trauma uh, that was felt that is consistently reproducing itself in the black community. And they were explaining it away with mundane, uh, transits.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think that, uh, a lot of the like harm is in using astrology to, I guess, cope with situations that you're unfamiliar of that, um, scare you. I think not to say that astrology shouldn't be used as a coping mechanism, but I think in, terms of like national and world events especially political ones there is a lot of uh potential for you to project your personal feelings about what's going on or lack of personal feelings on your astrology basically um applying your like beliefs or even traumas in certain cases to that i think really serves to distort the picture into um, a like unilateral perspective, which I think doesn't really help people, especially when you're talking about um, an event that impacted the entire country. You, I think trying to explain it away and being like, oh, this is just Mercury retrograde also trivializes what's happening. I think um, just because an astrologer doesn't actually know how serious this is, how much people are mourning and grieving, and how angry they are, and that outburst, like not truly being able to understand why people are reacting this way it's so easy to look at the sky and be like, "Oh, it's just Venus, which is not enough for black people. It is not enough to say Venus is why people are raging
0: it's it's also i um from my perspective and in, in my initial response to everything and i I have been in nonstop with in the twelve months leading up to this, pointing out um, Saturn Pluto. I mean, every day I had a Saturn Pluto example. Mm -hmm. My response to this was to stop communicating and just. I mean, and legitimately, I feel like the message I got, but from a lot of angles, was, "Hey, it's all hands on deck time. Like, you can you can worry about your navel gazing later."
1: Right. Yeah, I noticed a considerable decrease in how much people were talking about their natal charts that week.
0: <laughs> I good, good. I mean, there. I, I think there's almost, and I don't. A, I don't want to blame people who are pre Saturn return for being self absorbed. It's your God given <laughs> right, and and it's and discovering astrology is an incredibly personal event. So uh, enjoy. I don't. But that's also a tedious thing for me. It's as tedious as someone posting butterfly wings and uh, talking about deep healing and uh, transformational like yeah. uh, it's a, and that's great. Enjoy astrology and woo however you want, but it's not mm-hmm. my thing. Um, I, I just I think that the Astro community was able to galvanize around your article. And your perspective. And I think you should be really proud of that. Like take a victory lap, uh, throw your hands in the air. I I, I just want to make sure that I'm patting you on the back enough. So it was, it was really great. It was timely. It was, uh, it was, I'm going to call it the broccoli. It was the broccoli that the astrological community needed. Like, Hey, no, it's time to sit down and eat your vegetables. Um, you can, you can have, um, dessert later. Um, and it was, it was great. And people did, they sprinkled a little salt and they, and yeah, um, it's probably a terrible analogy, but it's what you got for me there.
1: <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs>
0: um so um let's talk a little bit about I, I know that you um joined Astro Twitter, which I think is hugely important and I like a lot. And I uh well I think that there are excesses, um, I think it's great and not the same as the apps. Um you you became comfortable right away again right person. Um, this is where I'm going with this. Uh, were you studying before you joined Astro Twitter and kind of got it to be a part of the community or were you guided to places of interest through Astro Twitter and kind of the uh, interactive community?
1: So um, this might be kind of like surprising for a lot of people who like interact with me and follow me, but Definitely, I would say the latter. Um, I made Astro Twitter when I got to a point where I'm like, I can't use my personal account to tweet about transits anymore. I need to leave my friends alone and make new friends. (laughs) And um, so Astro Twitter, especially having like real professional astrologers basically at my fingertips, um, that really guided my study and actually helped me make that transition between um wanting to just learn more about something that i heard into translating this into like a hobby and to wait a second i actually see this as a feasible thing for my career i think um especially um this March was really pivotal for me because I got a scholarship from AFAN to um, take Chris Brennan's Hellenistic Astrology course. And I, um, there was also like NORWAC. So I think like, uh, well, I mean, that was like opposite ends of the month, but um, I think that like me being able to really see what it means to study astrology properly, not necessarily absorbing what other people blog about or, um, trying to get impressions of like what the signs and planets mean based on how other people, um, I guess, view them in their heads, like being able to see the roots of the tradition and make those um, connections and develop those archetypes in my own head really allowed me to completely take off. Um, I think a lot of the reasons why um, I've been able to teach myself so quickly, but also um, sound really smart to other people is my ability to make analogies out of things. Just, it was me using Twitter as an outlet to learn and like teach myself but then also there were so many discussions that came out of my tweets i think um i tweet so many questions that people just start discussions underneath and that just really catalyzed um my like astro education so definitely twitter was a huge tool for that
0: i said this before but in large part my position is being an astrologer sitting in session with someone else is communicating astrology to them through analogy or story or uh, myth. Um, So your ability to do that and your recognition of it is going to aid you and pay attention to what you come up with. Um, Listen to some of our masters and how they talk about things. Um, And I don't mean like our overlords. I mean, some of our master (laughs) astrologers, like the people, you know, your Demetra Georges, um, your Rick Levines, um you're Stephen forrest now i'm done i'm not going to listen anymore because i'll leave someone out and it'll be embarrassing um mm. but you know listening to how they communicate and have developed their language and it it is um you know astrology is is more or less a clock um explaining it to folks is is all analogy it's all story so that's great i mean hearing you um understand that so quickly even just as a someone who's studying astrology but um as someone so young uh is really uh fantastic so before you took chris's course which is great um what were you consuming had you read any books was it uh youtube stuff like what was attractive to you
1: yeah so um excuse me i honestly uh informational YouTube videos are something I could just never get into. Uh, so I'm always a very like book oriented person just because um, my attention span is like the speed has a really wide range. So like with books, there's no time limit. I don't have to speed up a video or pause it or anything. I can just like read it. And I absorb information so quickly. So it's also just easier to devour books. And I remember like people would share these like Google Drive folders of a bunch of like books that they would, I don't know if they were pirated. So this might be mildly immoral, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, I did, um, a lot of, my uh initial education was through modern astrology books like there's one called um the only astrology book you'll ever need by joanna marie what's her last name wolf folk um and so that book is a really it's really great to dip your toes in but there's also a lot of um modern astrology clips that are not really um great to bring into the, like, when you start studying traditional astrology, you have to leave a lot of that behind. So I think, um, also like, uh, Deb Holdings website, Skyscript, uh, is a fantastic resource that really allowed me to like dip my toes into traditional astrology. And it got to a point where I'm like, there is so much I want to learn to be able to transition myself out of this modern astrology thinking. I cannot do this on my own. And, um, I decided that I'm like, I really need to join a class. Like, I just, I need an actual teacher. And I am extremely lucky that um, Chris Brennan is uh, so accessible as a teacher. Like, you would kind of think that with him being almost from the outside, like, because there are no real. Astro like celebrities but he's kind of really close up there with his like uh, award-winning podcast and everything so to know that he was so accessible like he entered my DMS he would like talk to me about things and just be um, like an actual teacher instead of someone talking in videos on a MOOC like that was super important and um, from there I had enough resources to take off on my own
0: Chris is fantastic I've I've asked Chris questions not even taking his course and uh, he's come right back and had a dialogue. He's, he's amazing. Um, And I I think that they're Astro celebrities. I mean, I can't think of like a movie star that I'd be knocked out if I saw maybe Val Kilmer, although, uh, it's been a it's been a number of years, but I will never forget when I was at UAC and I walked down a hall and Stephen Forrest was walking at me, and I was <laughs> my heart oh, was going yeah. a million miles an hour. Oh yeah,
1: there are a hundred. I don't want to. There are one hundred percent astro celebrities within the astrological community. People you freak out when you see or um, like respond to your tweet and stuff, but like in real life, in the grand scheme of things, they're just another person. So it's kind of weird that like we get excited about this just regular person who the rest of the world doesn't really like consider. And for me, what was really surprising is that there would be people who I really looked up to that have been practicing forever. Like um, Sam Reynolds and Chris Brennan, like in particular, and just seeing that they would like casually interact with me on Twitter. I was like thinking, how do you have time for someone as lowly as me? Like that just like once I was able to get my brain over the idea that, Astrologers are like just people and want to talk to other people who are into astrology. I was like, oh, like maybe I can maybe it's easier for me to see myself as someone important in the community. So, yeah.
0: uh, Sam is so nice. Um, but then you run into people who still sp- like, uh, when I, I've met uh, Jessica Lineato a couple times and uh, like she. She has this aura where you know you enter into it. Of course, she smells great. It's like, yeah. like the you know everything in the world you would expect about Jessica Lignato is true. Like just amazing giant hair and just so much personality. So, um, I don't know. Uh, I I'm not surprised. They like we're all people, right? Um, yeah. But it's also really fun to meet uh folks that you've admired for a long time in person. I can't wait till you can come to uh to Norwalk yourself i i, I want to give you a big hug and uh and then you can go and uh, have your doors uh blown off um because oh, you just walk by like <laughs> like four people you I, I mean i get uh emotionally overwhelmed every time i have to like sit down and like <laughs> and digest uh um, right uh there's some astro dorkiness for you for for, for y'all um yeah. so um you did uh, uh, some background reading and it included some modern stuff um obviously uh, you're at that age where you can really dig into things and digest really fast uh, you're also quite bright took chris's course uh, which i consider frankly uh, the nuts and bolts of mm-hmm. of the current astrological movement um i think that the tools uncovered uh through the project hindsight folks uh then um so, uh, packaged and provided by Chris uh and now Demetra are really the tools we work with and I think now the work for younger astrologers and and you're obviously much younger but that um that gen the gen x the millennial folks um bringing it all together uh making it um a usable whole uh and we have folks like Austin Kopic who are bringing in um uh, joy tish or uh, indian astrology and we have folks um like caitlin Kopik bringing in magic um and now we're having this um push towards um you know bringing in real world matters um functional change in society through our acts which i think is amazing um so through that lens through the lens of you know you, you're, you're now at the point where you have the nuts and bolts Um, and you're looking at, um, the world's dynamics and understanding. And I think, uh, the zoomers probably have a better grasp of this than any generation since maybe, uh, the early sixties, um, that it's kind of their calling to, uh, to step into the world, um, as it's being recreated. Um, so you have these tools, um, what, uh, to, I I, I want to shift this to a talk of the philosophy of traditional astrology, but I I don't want to lose the thread of of social action. Um. So when you are looking at and and understanding this underlying philosophy, the the way in which the bits and pieces, the symbols fit together, um, and obviously you you have the worldview you have. Can you just if if that's not too vague, can you talk a little bit about how? pieces came together
1: um so i guess with my personal approach to divination as a whole is really one that's kind of like stemmy like um i mean i'm attending attending mit probably as a computer science major and so a lot of like my actual like formal education has been so geared towards science and math so i think Ah. because it was I tried to allow my brain to make the gap into woo-woo stuff. So um I've kind of found a middle ground with my own personal philosophy and thinking that uh divination and the way that we interpret symbols from our environment are the results of I guess kind of divine chance i know that doesn't make sense but i think in the way that events happen that well if you practice any kind of divination you have to believe somewhat that events are predetermined um so i guess i also think that the what we take in as divination so like when we're flipping cards or like when we're drafting charts um those results are also predetermined in a similar vein so like especially this makes the most sense with horary because if you don't have the right like if you you can't elect a horary chart that's the opposite of the point um so it's almost like (laughs) the events that are predetermined to happen uh with regards to what you're asking the horary about so like let's say um you were asking about if your cat would come back after running away so that event like let's say the cat does come back the cat coming back as a predetermined event is the horary chart is also predetermined in the same kind of vein. So, like, the astrologer actually looking at it, the chart being drafted, I think that us working as astrologers, us reading the charts, is also predetermined in a similar way. So, like, going through that vein, I think that we're really looking at our – divination and the events that we're trying to divine about being connected by that same thing that is predetermining stuff i don't i'm going to leave that extremely vague because my spiritual beliefs are all over the place but um like our charts being of course linked to the events like that shared link i think uh really allows us to um I really enjoy how it allows us to, like, prepare for things ahead of time. I mean, I know that's the entire point of astrology, but also it's exciting that we can be so strategic about our future without actually having to experience it yet. So I think um, what really gets me excited about, like, applying astrology to, like, social justice and actually making change are the people who, like, um, elect times for, like, protests or um they use astrology to like pick the right times to like launch movements or like uh post infographics and really like taking advantage of current or future environments to further messages the farthest um like initially when we were all like freaking out about like thinking about mars and aries for 2020 and how it's um seems like even worse than it used to because of like COVID-19 and then like the civil unrest and stuff. And I think like, initially I was one of the people who was like freaked out because I'm a little pessimistic about the government thinking, okay, great, we're going into like martial law, it's gonna be terrifying and people are gonna die. But then there were other people who were radical or like, no, I think there's potential for like, uh, protesters to really capitalize on this um, Martian energy on this retrograde and it just kind of like got me into this mindset of if people in power can exploit these environments in order to i guess exploit people or oppress people that us on the other side can also do that um and then like there's certain ways to tell whose side it will benefit based on like i would probably assume like uh diurnal planets versus nocturnal planets. I think nocturnal being a little bit more of the people, the moon being the goddess community, stuff like that. And then the sun being like the king, very high up political. I think like diurnal planets are probably not as on our side as they are the government's. Um, But anyways, that's a tangent. Um, Oh,
0: that was great.
1: (laughs) I think uh, it's really exciting how I think a lot of people, not to say that only Gen Z is doing this, it's definitely a lot of millennials who are at the forefront of this work. I think I'm excited that my generation can really perfect what they're starting um, in order to really be a lot more strategic about what we're actually doing. I think when we are inspired by events that create movements, a lot of times, there's no other way for it to be other than reactionary. Astrology allows us to plan out for the future before there is something to react to. Um, And I think that can really, I guess, expedite the process of liberation if we're not waiting for something bad to happen.
0: So uh, a couple of things, Carolyn Casey and uh, Carolyn Casey is a full blown goddess. So whenever you can (laughs) appropriate any of her wonderful phrases, um, give her credit, but please do it. She likes to use the term the backstage. So instead of uh, having to say God or encapsulate your beliefs or spend too much time even reflecting, um, all that stuff's handled backstage. I like that. I do Um, like that. (laughs) uh, Talking about um, Mars, I brought this up a little bit before and it's been a running theme for me. So I did do a series on the candidates and I was a little annoyed with the left at first because I, well, i i've been through this a number of times and um when there's a demand for um someone to love which tends to be uh the you know i'm going to say our team's um goal um you could they're just they're we're really good at finding things not to love like we're we're super virgo when it comes to that right we're yeah. we can we can pick folks apart um And I was at this position, knowing Mars was coming, that that there was a need to find an avatar. And even if it was an imperfect avatar, it's like, this is our battle armor. Now we can figure out how to use it to fight. And I I feel like um, the the person that ended up getting um, selected is almost the opposite of that. Like, Biden's almost the opposite of, like, fighting armor. Biden's like, fine, you need us to do the politics thing. So this is what you get. You get the The old guy who's been around forever that looks comforting to you, um, you you got like we'll come out when you need us to, and we'll support that guy, but but he the, he's not leading any of this stuff that's going on with us. It so he, now you have your thing that takes care of whatever part that needs to be taken care of. You know, like yeah. it's we the opposite almost happened, and it created this space for exactly what you're saying. Um, I still think that there will be some leaders who pop up, although we're, we're living in a time where there are so many voices available that it's, it is more difficult, um, say, for an MLK to rise up or an Angela Davis to rise up because I bet when Angela Davis was rising up, not taking nothing away from someone who is a linchpin of our history who I, I couldn't say more nice things about. But I bet there were a half dozen or a dozen uh, folks who who were similar symbols in their communities um, uh, but there was an opportunity for one to emerge, and now I mean the fact that that she was able to follow through because i i I bet a bunch of those folks did have a chance and just you know it's a it's not not something everyone can do but now every one of those um folks who who could have been um you know uh the right incarnation to step forward, everyone has a platform, which is great um so I guess my point is that rather than um an individual avatar leading any movement or like, even like three of them, it's, it's a movement, um, to steal a a phrase from, uh, another politician who is, who is trying to get the nomination. It's really, uh, it's not me, it's us. Um, like the, the avatar is the streets. It is a movement. Um, so I think, um, that's how I have been thinking about this Mars transit and the idea of, um conflict um taking place whether that be armed i don't you know um there's so many guns in this country that it's hard to think that none of them are going to go off at any point but um it also doesn't seem like we settle things that way mm. anymore um it it seems like we settle things um you know what i'm not even sure how we settle things cuz i would say at the ballot box except um it, every day i call into question um the, the validity i I know how the I know the process, uh, and I know right. that there are flaws in the process, but i you also question flaws and even the ability to let people express themselves through the ballot box, so you know you have you have multiple multiple questions there right. um, <laughs> with now that i 've vented again um, so you're, you're' you're at this point um, where you're Understanding astrology is omens, which is amazing. Um, Are you branching out? I I bet you have folks in your life that that use tarot, uh, that use other forms of divination. Have you um, practiced any of those arts or are you really into astrology right now?
1: Yeah, so um, I want to answer this question, and then I kind of want to address a few things that you said before that really
0: makes my interest. You worry about tarot later.
1: (laughs) Okay, cool. Oh, the first thing I noticed when you um, mentioned Angela Davis as being like really um, kind of a leader when looking at like Black liberation, especially like in the 60s, 70s, uh, like the Black Panther Party, Party, all of that, I think... Um, a lot of the reason why we consider her so much of a leader is because she was a survivor. Um, I don't think that when the Black Panther Party was at its um, like peak, there was like Huey Newton and everything. There were leaders, but there were a lot more that history's forgotten about because they were killed or they're still in prison. I think the movement for Black liberation especially has always tried to stay decentralized. I think – Having one avatar is a like big ass target, and I think that like being able to have a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different people with enough agency to um, inspire other people, and just definitely having a movement of the people like is really important to make sure that we survive. I think having one leader and then having a list of people who could potentially replace that one leader is literally, like, a to-do list for um, government agencies like the CIA or, like, when they had Coenzo Pro. So I really appreciate that, like, Mars in Aries has a lot of potential for a community movement, It's especially because, like, when you, like, a lot of... Um, modern astrology uses like the 12 letter alphabet and like assigning Aries with the first house, you think of an individual, like you think of, like a lot of times when we think about Aries, we think of like independence, um, like self-determination, just really individualistic. Mm -hmm. And I think that we don't need any more individualism, especially now. So um, I really appreciate the potential for Mars to do a lot more with that. And then the other thing um, I loved all that. Yeah. The other thing, Joe Biden is absolutely a crash dummy. I do not believe that he has any potential to do anything other than rolling back what Trump has done, if that at all. And I think that a lot of people who are planning to vote for Joe Biden don't actually care about that. I think he's really just a body to sit in the Oval Office until we figure out something better, which I think increases how much we're able to worry about our communities, worry about local government, because it's like, okay, whatever, Biden's just like there. We can actually focus on the people who are in power like lower levels. We can harass our mayor. (laughs) Um, We can call our state senators, things like that, which I think uh, really are extremely overlooked so i and like
0: hopefully run for local office
1: yeah absolutely like, <clears throat> i i really appreciate being able to forget about the president yes I,
0: no i i every we are on the same page yeah. um it's it's legitimately <laughs> like all right there is your husk of a human that you demanded get pushed mm-hmm. forward right enjoy
1: yeah so i think like he'll throw uh, out the
0: first pitch <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
1: So I do have, I think I am actually a lot more optimistic um, about, I guess, the future because not to speak for my entire generation, but I do think that a lot of us have the worldview that everything is garbage. Um, We can try to make it a little better piece by piece, but we still have to overwhelmingly acknowledge that things are garbage I think that's very Pluto and Sagittarius to like look around and see trash but then see a tiny (laughs) glimmer of light in some of the trash and then you pull it up and it's bigger than you thought Um, I think that's a lot of what we hope for I think we're a bit more optimistic than people think we are but it's also a passive optimism like I don't think anyone in my generation would actually call themselves an optimist
0: (laughs) wow that's a big um Especially as an American, uh, it's a big statement. The uh Kenny Kelly Lee Phipps, who is of blessed memory, uh one of his key phrases for Sagittarius was the alchemist. So uh keep that in mind when you think of of Pluto and Sagittarius and, and understanding the garbage all around. Like the alchemist yeah. takes um non-useful things and creates useful things with them.
1: Yeah. I think I really I really like that. I I guess it makes me a little more hopeful about people my age, because I know we're like trying really hard, but sometimes it seems like there's only so much we can do, especially when a lot of us still consider ourselves to be children in a way, like we're mostly not, but we haven't really fully been able to get accepted into adulthood yet, especially like right now, me being 18, I graduated high school, with 40 people at a time my ceremony lasted 30 minutes and i didn't even get a valedictorian speech i got to stand up and sit back down so <laughs> um we don't really have these big milestones that initiate into us initiate Wait, were you the valedictorian and you were supposed oh, to give the speech was. oh um, congratulations! Thank and you. you didn't
0: get to give your speech, not even like online or anything.
1: They actually told me that I was valid. They didn't tell me directly. My friend DM me on Twitter and said, "Congrats on valedictorian," and I'm like, "Excuse me." <laughs> and I check our school's live stream of all the graduations, and they announce my name as first in the class, and I'm like, "Oh." So I think that, <laughs> like, that's very. I don't know. I think that's probably a little indicative of my Jupiter year with Jupiter being in Capricorn. Like, great things are happening. They're just not going to be presented in a fun way at all. But (laughs) anyway.
0: You got to graduate during Saturn-Pluto. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, but I (laughs) I was also born during Saturn-Not-Pluto. I was born in 2001, uh, a month and a half after 9-11. So, yeah, being 18 is garbage. Um, (laughs) But um, I guess because we are really, like, I guess, passive optimists, knowing that, like, good things have the potential to happen, we're just not going to count on them, I think um, probably makes for a really practical ad- um, activist, knowing that you don't, like, you're going to try anyways, but you don't expect the whole world to be changed in a
0: day. If you want a, uh, a real... Uh... Like the 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 like, if you could have a five out of ten optimism, right? Ten being full on optimism, one being like, like the glass completely empty. Um, I think you guys can count on the millennials not knifing you. Yeah. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Not. Like Gen X, Gen X knifed up and down. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> or not? I mean, uh, the Boomers. They're like, yeah. they're like, give us free, give us free college and cheap housing. And then as soon yeah. as they had it, they're like, aha ah, now we're taking your pensions. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then as soon as the Xers were, were getting into school, they're like, oh, we can make money by giving you all loans for college and you'll, only, you'll have like your entire adulthood to pay it off. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. They have to take that. Right. Um, you know, and so Gen X wasn't, Gen X, a lot of Gen Xers lucked into the computer boom, um, but they were basically like in limbo, like what happened to us? Like what, what is happening? and millennials right. came about and they were able to you know take a hard look at things um and a hard look you know growing up during that recession was i can't even well i can't imagine i got out of law school um right into the nuts of it so oh wow uh yeah it was fant- it was beautiful um <laughs> but but uh, yeah i mean i can't imagine being like 16 and just being like wow we got five more years of this huh wow amazing so I mean, but you were born uh, at really a linchpin moment in Western culture. I mean, world culture. I shouldn't just say Western because we made sure everyone felt that shit. We're so great. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you're coming of age uh, in one of our really specific – because you're just about to enter that Uranus square, which is uh, huge. Um, yeah. And uh, and that's going to set the, the table for you know your 20s as you approach – your uh progressed lunar return and your your saturn return um so uh i've had a lo- w- lovely conversation i don't want to ear beat you with my old man like this is what's coming <laughs> for you doc um if i do have a bit of advice um if you could get into kelly's kelly dreamer's progressed moon course um or even just take a lecture on it um I oh think- yeah
1: i did watch hers at um Norwek, and i got a lot out of that i didn't know she had a course
0: uh she does uh her progress moon stuff is amazing her book as far as i understand is going to be a lot of how she uses the progress moon to discuss um along with her traditional tools um and i think it's great i think the uh i it's it's there's more woo stuff there right so when you you know when you're studying the hellenistic stuff you're like oh you know now we're doing progressions like but you know how much how different is that really than Zidalka releasing or um, right. you know, tons of other tools? So right. that's that's the one tidbit I'm going to give you. Yeah, yeah. I definitely
1: wrote that down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you're interested, I have a couple mystery charts we can just quickly look at. Um, it's just fun. We're just going to have fun. I have three yeah, people. Sure. They're in the news. You're going to know who all three of these people are. I just want to quickly take a look, see if transits are hitting them. They're similarly situated in one way or another. So. Um, And then I'll let you know who they are um, just five minutes at a time. And uh, I think this is fun. Most people who come on, enjoy it. All right. Yeah. I'm going to animate them just so you can see the transits. I forget that not everyone stares at the, at the, you know, a chart on their desktop as constantly as I do. So this is how I started. Okay. Should be up. Mm -hmm. So the inside wheel is the birth chart. Um, So just. Take a quick look. Um, see if there are any um, things you're noticing that are particular.
1: Okay, so I'm. What's jumping out of me immediately is the exalted sun at the midheaven. Oh, yeah. There's also don't have no
0: times though. There are no times. Uh, are these no are times. all these are all noon. Yep.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So yeah, there's still exalted sun co-present with Jupiter and Aries and Mars and Aries, which I feel like this person probably gets attention for really like um like acutely maybe like just in the news and sparks a bit of like conversation and discourse and then they kind of like fade out i would say maybe um yeah i <laughs> i always get bothered looking at charts without times because i feel like a lot of um like, there's so much you get out of, like, angularity of planets that I'm always worried about.
0: Think of major transits, too. Because we're, yeah. we're just going to take a quick look, and I want to see if things are hitting folks in a similar way. Oh, there's way.
1: definitely that Venus return right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty exact. And um, also approaching a Mars return. Um, and then, let me think.
0: So check out yeah. Capricorn.
1: Yeah, I did see that, like, there's a... Um, the Pluto-like trine, and wait, there's all those squares. I'm a clown. Yeah. There's definitely all those squares to those Aries placements. Um.
0: So this chart has, uh, in Aries, the Sun, Mars, and Jupiter. <clears throat> um, Sun is at uh, 19, uh, Jupiter's at 29. So all that stuff is getting hit by the pileup in the third decan of Capricorn, which is Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter, the, the right. big guy in the sky right now.
1: Yeah, and then there's also uh, Uranus conjunct natal mercury. I wonder what this person <laughs> did. What did they do? Like, I'm, I'm concerned.
0: <laughs> okay, let's leave it at that. <laughs> um, all right, second one. <laughs> I'm concerned. That's beautiful. Uh, okay. Here's number two. Uh, it takes a second for me to get it up. All right, number two. Again, uh, no time. You got the interior. uh, You've got um, the interior is the birth chart. The exterior is um, is the transit. And uh, just take a quick look at them um, and see if you see uh, stuff uh, impacting their chart in any particular way.
1: So I see transiting Venus opposing Mercury. Um, There's also the Moon conjunct their natal Venus. Um, Let me think. There's also, I guess, squares to their Jupiter in Libra um, going on with, like, the... um, So, like, they're approaching almost... Well, they passed their Jupiter square. But... And then... Yeah, there's also...
0: I think what I um, find interesting about this chart is is in both cases you have natal venus uh opposing transiting mercury and you have natal mercury opposing transiting venus
1: oh yeah oh yeah okay (laughs) totally i forget like mercury goes so fast that sometimes i don't even bother like where they're at because i know they're gonna be somewhere else pretty soon (laughs) but um yeah this seems like they might be in the news due to like it seems like relationship stuff or otherwise being unlikable for certain reasons. <laughs> I think, can I like take a guess? Does this have anything to do with like either of these charts have to do with like the Jeffrey Epstein, like his right-hand woman?
0: Not that I know of. Okay, um, cool. <laughs> the last thing I'd look at is you can see uh, transiting Uranus conjoined the self node in this chart
1: oh yeah yeah totally like very closely
0: yeah and squaring the natal uranus so uh this is a disruption like uh big time happening here um, oh yeah okay third one um <laughs> <The other> th- <laughs> another thing i would i would point out as like an old man take Is don't sleep on Uranus.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think a lot of times when you're a little immersed in traditional astrology, where Uranus like didn't exist to them when they're writing everything, it's really easy to push it in the um, backseat a little too much. Um, But
0: all right, this is the third one. Uh, Again, no times. Um, This one might even be more clear because you really, uh, if you check out uh, the natal um uh libra libra placements Um, oh yeah so this individual has um pluto at 15 libra and mars at 26 libra which means that transiting mars and aries is going to be opposing uh, this natal pluto mars um co-presence and also that means that that Mars is forming a T-square with basically Pluto and Saturn right now and is going to continue doing that.
1: Oh, yeah. That looks stressful. <laughs> there's, also, <laughs> there's also Uranus opposing um, – well, opposed Venus is approaching their like Uranus opposition, um, which kind of seems uncomfortable. And then um, – let me see.
0: Neptune is opposing the natal – sun too oh yeah it's kind of a loss of foundation
1: you're kind of like making me nervous with these people like it seems like their lives are being upended a little bit and it seems like public enough you know about it (laughs) like I, i think if we had like times um it would be exciting to see like uh where this is happening i might be able to even guess these charts a little better but
0: oh for sure uh, I'm also i'm not giving people. you time to really digest them all right so the first one Um <laughs> and i will just share the chart um the first one um we looked at was uh the pile up in um in aries we have mars sun pluto or mars sun jupiter and aries so a lot of it uh squaring uh, the meat grinder in Capricorn also, um, getting the, uh, we're going to have that Mars transit. Um, that is Doug Ducey, the governor of Arizona. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and you, your comment about Doug Ducey is, I believe, what disaster is going on with this person? Oh
1: yeah. I think, um, this is probably destroying his chances for reelection, especially with those squares applying to like his son exalted. He probably thought he was straight. Like I think son co-president with Jupiter and Mars, he probably thought that he was doing really, really great as a governor until COVID happened and he was tested and failed. Um,
0: <laughs> and the, I mean, Mars is going to go over that sun three times.
1: Yeah. He's not, he's not getting reelected.
0: Nope. <laughs> uh, all right. Um... So we have, uh, number two, uh, I'm going to bring it up so you can see it again. Number two was the chart. Oh, did it come back right up? Awesome. Number two is the chart. Uh, I don't know if we oriented folks to it. Um, but it was the chart that had the, uh, double opposition with Mercury and Venus, um, also had the opposition or the square, the Uranus square, um, on, on, and Uranus, transiting Uranus on the South node. Mm-hmm. I believe your comment about this is what horrible thing did this person do? Um, yeah, this is Greg Abbott, the uh, governor of Texas. Um, and the thing I thought was interesting about Greg Abbott was when the, uh, Mercury Venus oppositions both hit. So kind of sweetening up the language, if not really, you know, still, uh, oh, yeah. conflict. That's when, uh, Governor Abbott came out and announced that uh, Texas was going to be uh, required to wear masks, to which most folks in Texas you know
1: oh yeah, I feel like he probably didn't have the best way of putting that lightly but
0: i don 't <laughs> think any, i don't think anyone in Texas is going to do it who wasn't already doing it because they oh yeah that 's how Texas functions and number three, another fun one um, we have uh, this is the individual who Um, I think you said what disaster is befalling them. Um, yeah, we have the sun at 21, um, Virgo opposing Neptune. Uh, and we also had, um, Mars at 26 Libra, uh, and Pluto at 15 Libra. So Mars is going to hit both of those in opposition as well as, um, the pileup in Capricorn squaring that natal Mars placement. And uh, this is Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think I really, like the Sun-Neptune opposition just really speaks to, I mean, being deluded about what's actually going on and pushing forward regardless of, like, what's actually practical or helpful. Um, And it's for sure going to bite him in the ass.
0: It's also scary to me um, because um, if you think of, and I think this is one way to read this omen, if you think of the leader's chart as the chart of the populace, um, that sun-Neptune opposition, Neptune often speaks of disease. I mean, one of the things you look at when Neptune is making a hard aspect to the luminaries is the potential for getting sick. Right. And and I mean, Florida has more cases of COVID now than like the entire world combined. Um, yeah. And doesn't nuts, appear to really be doing anything about it. They just they're sort of just rolling with it. So and it it's
1: unfortunate though, because like with DeSantis having all these Virgo placements, you would think that he would be a little bit more on top of this, like a little bit more prepared for um a pandemic, being able to, I guess, um, make sure things are continuing to run smoothly, like with Mercury and Virgo, um, conjunct Saturn, like you would assume that he would be Especially equipped to um, figure this out for his population until Neptune so is like, mm, I don't know about that one though. So,
0: <laughs> and uh, so, Rod DeSantis unfortunately was born one year to the day after me. Um, so we share a birthday. Uh, the thing that I looked, the first thing I thought when I looked at this chart. Um, Besides seeing that he has both of the, uh, you know, the two lovebirds, Mars and Venus, both in, uh, in fall. Um, oh, that mutual reception. So <sighs> if they do, they have mutual reception, but they're both super uncomfortable. It's like, right. he makes me feel like he's even creepier than I thought before. Um, <laughs> but the first thing I thought when I looked at having Saturn, Mercury, and the Sun and the North Node in Virgo was this guy knows what he's doing. And I hate this because I feel like liberals especially get tarred with this. Like, well, they knew better. You can't, what do you expect from, from a, a conservative? You're just, you're oh, yeah. going to get that. But liberals knew better. So we need to punish them for knowing. This guy knew and he knows for sure. Mm-hmm. This guy has Mercury in Virgo in the first decade in Mercury's decade. Like, this guy knows what's up and is just plowing ahead, uh, which makes, ugh, I just, I don't know if I could sit in a room with this guy.
1: Yeah, no, I think, like, it's, there's definitely a lot of, like, willful ignorance, and probably not even, it's probably not even ignorance, just straight up not doing what he knows he's supposed to be doing. I think it's really almost kind of vindictive, in a way, to, like, punish his population when he absolutely knew how he could have handled this, and just straight up not, I think, like if you do use that association of, like, Taurus with material pleasures, being, like, um, nocturnal Venus being, I guess, I like to think of it as, like, the valuables you keep in your house, stuff that you don't necessarily need to show people. I think it's possible that with Uranus and Taurus opposing, um, like, his Venus and Uranus that there's probably – something really shady about what's going on. I think him deviating so much from his inherent nature, there has to be like some kind of corrupt motivations to doing that.
0: No way, the governor of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh yeah, so I I it's this isn't an explanation. I nothing abhors me more. I watched a grandfather go through this, but the Fox News cult, I think, you know, in Texas the the assistant governor, whatever they call him, like the guy who keeps coming on and saying we need to sacrifice grandma and grandpa to the, guy oh, the economy. Oh
1: god, that guy's awful.
0: He is, but I, I think he is is just his brain is complete tapioca. I mean, he's he's, <laughs> he's part of that the Fox News cult, and that's just what's going on. Um, oh, yeah. This guy, he has all the tools he needs to suss out the situation, right? Like, and I think you might be right. Like, I, I love the way you put that, especially seeing, um, you know, Venus and Scorpio there. Like he's got, there's some under the table stuff happening. Right. Um, all right. I had a wonderful conversation. Thank you for indulging me with the charts. That's always my favorite way to end because it seems to be a good cal- palate cleanser. We get to have just a fun chat about astrology. Uh, before I sign us off, can you please let folks know how they can find you?
1: Um, Yeah, sure. So I am the most active on Twitter. I'm at Astro by Dion. I also have an Instagram by the same handle and you can also check out my website, which is a little bit of a work in progress, astrobydion.com. You can also catch me next week at the Queer Astrology Conference 2020, which is being held um, completely virtually online. Um, This is going to be the first majority Um, non-male identifying and um, BIPOC, I guess, uh, conference, I think, in Astro history, and um, it's really accessible. There's a sliding scale for registration, so you have a few excuses to not show up. The talks are going to be incredible, so hope to see you there.
0: And I will have a link uh, to all that stuff uh, in the notes, so thank you so much for coming on, Dion. And remember, Thanks for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> A little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest men.